0: hello and welcome to was that in good taste as always i'm your host chandler phillips and with me also as always james beery and today we're talking about sustainability but before we get into that don't forget to like subscribe comment message us do whatever it is that makes you feel like you're interacting with us on a deep human spiritual level because we want to connect with you the listener that's what i That's the whole point of this thing, is to try to get some sort of human social connection. Just love me. Just love me and give me validation, and I'll entertain you to your heart's content. But today we're talking about sustainability. And with that, before we even get into it,
1: let's take a trip to the bar. What's going on, Chandler? Well, we've been hitting at the bar. Oh, definitely. We've been the bar.
0: Today we have a real special treat. We're doing a little
1: tequila tasting. Can I just say one of the best things about stepping up to the bar is that we get to catch up. And I haven't. I miss you. I don't really get to talk to you as much, even working and stuff like that. Busy. You've been busy. You're more busy than I am. You know, because when you're asleep, I'm awake. That's the problem. And you know. It feels just crazy. That I'm, a, you've, I'm a real nocturnal Nigel know, lately. Right? You know, you've been out here kicking it, doing your thing, and we are a little sloshied, and it feels good to catch up with you while keeping it sustainable. So what su- is this? A sustained sloshing. <laughs> yeah, sustained You know what? Oh, my God. That's like the best thing. People, if you're young, you're like, oh, I'm going to get fucking wasted. No. That's not how you do it. You want to be sustainable in all things you do. Recycle and shit, mm-hmm. but also just like drink a lot slowly.
0: Exactly. That's what they mean by drink responsibly. <laughs> it is though. Like cause when you initially start drinking, you're like, I'm trying to go zero to a hundred real quick. But really what you want to do is go zero to like seventy-five. And then keep it there. And then just keep a uh, somewhere between eighty and seventy-five for so, like another <laughs> six hours.
1: Uh you know I like wrestling. That's like a thing I do. Um the Rock's cousins, the Usos, uh, Jimmy and Jay Uso, um, they're like on wrestling every week.
0: One of the- Wait, they're the Rock's cousins and they didn't build themselves as the Pebbles? My
1: fucking God. <laughs> they're Samoans. <laughs> they're part of the Samoan <laughs> dynasty. You're fucking, <laughs> you're so stupid. So, one of the brothers, this the is gravel. not a joke. There's <laughs> one thing, one. The one brother, he always drinks. He's, he's gotten, this is his fifth DUI in like five years. Uh, his third in like four years. Now, one, if you get three DUIs in four years, you've drunk drive like 500 times,
0: right? Well, don't they like suspend your license after the first two
1: or something? It depends on how much money you have. It depends on the situation. It definitely depends. Now, all I have to say is it sucks. And again, if you get caught drunk driving once, it was more than once that you drunk drive, right? Yeah. So don't drunk drive. But also, he has a lot of fucking money. Call a fucking Uber, bro. Like, he can... Uh, what?
0: You can do that. Wait. No, wait. But where Where was it? Location matters.
1: Like, near his house. Like, he went to Monday Day Raw. He did his, like, thing. No, but, like, where in the U.S.? I'm I'm Florida. Not ad- Florida.
0: I'm not advocating it's Florida. It's Florida. for drunk driving. I'm just saying there are places where it is... In the social sphere, more accepted than it is in other places. It's
1: Florida, and can I say that I know for a fact that everywhere, except for like New York and like LA and stuff, like people drunken. You can't. How else do you go to a bar? You go to a bar. You drink. You drive. It's not good, but that's the reality of the situation. Because if you're not in like a big city, you have a car, right? And you drive to the bar. And a lot of bars will penalize you for leaving your car there. you know. And some bars will do a benefit of like making sure that they give you a discount the next time you come. Like, they, they try to do the best they can, but like, it's just what it is. But like, can I just say, one, don't drink and drive. Take a fucking Uber. Ooh. If you can't, go to a closer bar. If you can't, fucking buy liquor and drink it in your house. And- well, it seems like, for him
0: at least, the habit... Of drinking and driving. It's near his house. Is not sustainable. But you're right, it's not. He cannot sustain this habit by call definition.
1: A, call a fucking Uber, bro. He's rich. That's well, I mean he's a he's a wrestler. He's not just a wrestler. He was on TV for like the last nine months as like next to the top guy, fucking every week, being like, I'm I'm main event fucking Jey Uso. Like literally he come on, fucking buy Uber. Excuse me, even if he was making... Let's say they were like, oh, going him. He's only making $40,000. Uh, isn't that true? But let's say he's only making $70,000 a year. Buy a fucking cab. You can't get a fucking... What?
0: Well, I mean, can you expect him to think logically after he's had so much to drink?
1: You Hold on. That's <laughs> bullshit. If you're so fucking drunk that you can't drive, wouldn't you go like, man, I'm so lazy that I'm drunk, I'm going to fucking get an Uber? How hmm. are you fucking like... Like you, you drive your fucking car if you're broke, and you're like, man,
0: consent to not driving.
1: Oh my fucking god!
0: And therefore, any decision that he makes as an intoxicated person—that's
1: just not sustainable. If you have any, (laughs) if you can afford it, get a fuck. No, if you're fucking drunk as shit, you don't even want to fucking take the train in New York, okay? Which is the New York thing—you get drunk. Yo, me too. Like, fuck there it. have been
0: multiple times I'm like, One fuck time, it. I'm not even taking this train. Jesus. I'm just going to get a lift home.
1: One time, I don't know what happened. I ate something. I was in my stomach. Uh, I'd have my key. I was in my sister's house. And I couldn't get in. So I took the train. It made my stomach so sick. I threw up on the train. Right?
0: Like everywhere?
1: No. But like, I was like, yeah, right in the corner. I'm going to tell you something. You get drunk, sick, don't fucking matter. Get your ass on the train in New York. Even... When you can do that, you still fucking take a fucking cab home, bro. You can do it, okay? If you and you're not even fucking rich, if you're fucking rich, you can take a fucking cab. I've been thinking about this shit fucking forever, okay?
0: Yeah, that's a bad look.
1: Take a fucking cab, ride share. If you want, if you're like, oh man, well maybe if I ride my cab, fucking get a fucking Uber, whatever it is where you share cabs with people. Be sustainable for the fucking environment.
0: So it sounds like drinking and driving and getting caught, not sustainable.
1: (laughs) But you know what is sustainable?
0: Not getting caught? Oh, Uh, I mean, like... um, One, two,
1: three, tequila. Oh, no. I feel like it's really bad. (laughs) No. Please sponsor us. This is not associated. Don't drink and drive. And also remember, buzz driving...
0: Is drunk driving? Is drunk driving? Please drink responsibly. We're not advocating for any sort of shenanigans. Or
1: you allowed to say shenanigans?
0: I think I'm allowed to say shenanigans. Why
1: are you allowed to say shenanigans? <laughs>
0: <I feel laughs> like it's our word.
1: <laughs> Who's our? come on. <laughs> so, <laughs> like this week, <laughs> um, <laughs> we're drinking an absolute certified organic. <laughs> One two three tequila, which before we even get into it, don't forget, of course, every single Monday after the podcast, what do we do? We take you behind the bar because we want to show you, teach you, educate you about what it is we're drinking, how we're drinking it, and the whys. So tell Why me, a drinking l- it, a little bit more about the one, two, three, two, one, two, three tequila and how was it sustainable? So, first of all,
0: 123 Tequila is a certif- certified organic tequila made from uh, sustainably sourced blue agave in the Jalisco region of Mexico. It's made with handmade recycled glass bottles. And it's all about just kind of its whole marketing scheme is like, hey, we're sustainable tequila. And as someone who's been experimenting in sustainable distillation recently, I am
1: down for this
0: shit. Like,
1: oof. Well, before we get started, what does certified organic mean?
0: It means that whatever powers that be think (laughs) that organic (laughs)
1: is cool. Uh, certified organic pretty much means that the plants, in this case, the blue agave that was processed had no use of um uh, of any kind of uh, pesticides. Mm, because the pesticides means. are any any like pesticides or fertilizers. So organic is like grown from the ground. No, like you can't use Miracle Grow. Use Miracle Grow. Not organic
0: right, because it's not a, a carbon based you know so like com- compound com- right? completely
1: disorganic um the chem- the chemicals in those things it's up to you I'm not particularly sure how dangerous they can be, but a lot of people are concerned about them. I have opinions about sustainability and organic later, but but we'll get into that that's what makes these certified organic because that they- the plant product that went into this before the distillation was 100% natural and did not contain any additional additives to the pesticides or fertilizers.
0: Right. Like, it's, it's all on the up and up as far as the way that this agave is sourced. And I think you can kind of taste it in the flavor. Like, so, all right, we got in our glass right now. We have the dose of the Uno, Dos, Tres line. Technically, there's Quattro bottles, (laughs) but the only ones that are labeled Uno, Dos, Tres are their uh, Blanco, Reposado, and Añejo, which their Añejo is aged for 16 months, which is actually more than the average Año. Um, Año... Translating to to year, which for the layman is only twelve months.
1: Yes, it, it, generally it's only usually for the añejo that, and it's usually only one year, right? At at max, like one hundred percent.
0: Hence the name, añejo. Sometimes less than
1: that, but you know.
0: But but this one we got that's a full six sixteen months. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's a long time. That's. That's damn near reaching into extra and in yeho lane. But anyway, I think this is a really fucking good tequila. I th- all right, so what kind of flavors did you get from the initial uh, or from the from
1: the uno? Well, that's very interesting because from the uno or the number 1, what I found was it's very sweet. Um the acidity is kind of nice and mild and it's very drinkable. The Herodora, which in my opinion, so I don't hate Salsa. I don't hate Jose Cuervo. I use Salsa and Jose Cuervo for a, you know, fucking a margarita, blended margarita. You know, like, I'm making a cocktail. I don't really, it's not not offensive, you know? Right. But I, I find this to be absolutely, just to be nice, drinkable, mild. It's super palatable. Very palatable. We try to avoid the words here, like, I don't know. Like it's you know, it's not like drinkable. It's it's palatable. It's soft. To quote Rob
0: Thomas featuring Santana, I'd say it's so smooth.
1: It, oh, we hate the word. I, I don't know about you, but the word smooth. I, but it's like, not really descriptive because what does smooth mean? This is dope. It it doesn't really. It's not offensive. I'd you know? say,
0: give me your heart, make it real, or else forget about it. <laughs> This, this Uno Plata is so smooth. What do you think about the Reposado? The
1: Reposado, tad bit more rustic, tad bit more gravelly, but still, again, the acidity. with Reposados, of course, uh, Reposados tend to be not as acidic. They tend mm. to have to be qu- qu- not as quote unquote harsh,
0: not as sharp, not on as the sharp. Ethanol. So that. The Uno, like you said, it's got a it's got a nice sweetness to it. What I got from it was a nice, almost like a melon honeydew with a tad mm. bit of floral. Um, really mild on the ethanol. Honestly, probably one of the most palatable tequilas I've ever had straight. Like uh, compared to like a Jose Silver or uh uh or- I was
1: gonna ask about the Espallone because I think Espalone at the at the cost, at the at the price. Is good, yeah.
0: I can't dispute that. At the price point, Espolón kind of hard to beat. This one's a tad bit more expensive than that, but it's a tad bit better. But it is the you you can taste the difference, and I think that's what's important. Um, a little fun fact about about Uno Dos Tres tequilas: are um, created or like their whole branding is meant to try to harken back to the ancient Aztec ways of creating their their traditional fermented drink. And so a lot of the branding on the bottles themselves reference um, legends within ancient Aztec folklore. Um, so on the Uno bottle we have here, we um, what is it? it's a snake looking up at the stars. Hold on. I, I really liked the, the Ooh, narrative that they This have is
1: great. It. Actually, you can yeah. see it. It's like... Oh, it's like a little Aztec mask. Yeah. And these stars are in the traditional kind of uh, Aztec style, which now we might like, consider like if it was in color, like water brush. Yeah. But it's in straight lines. Uh, Almost nice kind of like a,
0: like a screen press or like a screen printing, like an yes. etching type thing.
1: Well, tell me more about this. I'm curious.
0: So the, the scene depicted on the Uno bottle is, uh, well, I'm going to read the narrative that they have on their <laughs> website. Uh, As they reach the peak of maturity under the watchful gaze of the guardian snake, Kotal, the agaves are hand-harvested and the hearts are slowly cooked in stone ovens for almost two days before being pressed to release their sugary juice. So, just to break that down, there's a malting process that goes on with the piña, or the uh, the hearts of the agave plants, similar to the way you see malting with uh, scotch and um, Irish whiskeys. Um, and then, after a natural fermentation of precise small batch distillation, Blanco tequila is born. Marked by an earthy citrus and herbal character, Blanco Uno is a tequila in its most natural state and ideal as the basis for organic cocktails and sipping.
1: I just... That's actually very interesting because I don't know much about Codal, but I do know that Codal is a traditional, like... Fuck, I'm absolutely gorgeous, but... There's Quetzalcoatl. Quetzalcoatl. Well, well, uh, because it's a mythological serpent, and it's... So that's the... The spirit form. So, Kodal is a spirit form. And it's a weapon. I literally only know that because of Starbucks. Because I went to Starbucks. Mm -hmm. And we had the Oaxaca coffee. I think this is absolutely pretty good.
0: Honestly, it's one of my new favorite
1: tequilas. I mean, there are tequilas that are older. Like, Jose Cuervo is an older brand. And it's been brewing tequila longer. But
0: is it organic?
1: But it's not organic.
0: And it's I, not certified organic. And,
1: but I also think that, like, sometimes in crafting the history of a product, of a brand, it's not just about how long you've been doing it. You know what I mean? Um, I think that it's all about really making sure that you really represent the nature of what the product is in earnest
0: I think this does a really good job of of depicting a just a high class tequila to be honest like
1: it, for the, cost. For what the is, cost what are these like 40 40 um so the unos around 45 after tax first of all after tax both of these together are not like more than like 103 hundred and three
0: bucks. Oh shit, wait, hold on. no, I pulled up the uh
1: Oh, I love this. the actual like, all right, <clears throat> I almost hit the button.: The origins of tequila can, can be fa- yeah. I had to do it..: Hi-ya. Hi-ya. All
0: right, so the origins of tequila can be found in the legend of the Aztec goddess Maya Buel, Maya, Maya Huel? No, listen, that's a B.
1: Listen, that's a, listen, just, Nobody's offended. I don't even know how how to pronounce Oaxaca because of Starbucks and because of Donald Gover. So, listen, I'm sorry. We don't know how to pronounce the words, but we respect you.
0: Uh I'm pa- We're trying. Part of it is just straight up the uh, the font that they used for. <laughs> like, I can't tell if this is an H or a B. Uh,
1: Would you call me? <laughs> An H? <laughs> Can I get a... Hey, yeah. You're a... Hey, yeah.
0: All right, anyway. Aztec goddess Maya Huel... I'm going with an H. uh And you will find her story depicted on our labors. Maya Huel dwelled in the sky with the star demons, the Tsitsamine. Mime? Yeah. They're said to battle the sun each dusk and dawn... When it was discovered that Maya Huel had eloped with the feathered snake god, Quetzalcoatl, the Tzitzimime uh, descended to Earth in pursuit. In an effort to escape, the couple disguised themselves as f- the forked branches of a tree, but Maya Huel's hiding place was revealed when the tree split in two and the branches fell to Earth. Maya my yeah. My, he will could not escape the wrath of the Tizimime. Uh,
1: wait, <laughs> listen. All I know is that Quetzalcoatl is a feathered serpent, and created the Aztec universe. That's it. So I don't know. I get. a I deserve a pat on the back.
0: Well, and Quetzalcoatl buried this this uh, goddess that he was having an affair with. Buried her where she fell. And in the ancient legend, the snake that adorns the seal of every bottle of uno, dos, tres organic tequila serves as a symbol of the connection both for the sacred field where Maehuel was laid to rest by her lover and the agave plants that sprang forth from
1: there. Can I just say, in, this, in the dos, I see no snake, but I see the field. <laughs> On the Uno, I see the snake.
0: No, the snake is the top of the seal. Oh, I didn't notice that.
1: The... Oh, you're oh, right. Oh, yeah. yeah, your snake is the top of the seal. Yeah, 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 you're right. And so that's uh, the that's the snake on the top of the seal. And then there's the field actually on the... the, the, the...
0: Exactly. So on the Uno, you see the, the snake, Kotal, like before it was all feathered and godlike. And then on the other one, you see two jaguars. There's a legend behind the jaguars, too.
1: Now here is the real question. Yeah. So the cocktail we made, of course, uh, a little less tequila, a little bit more touch, a little more touch me, which we spoke about, or we're <clears throat> I don't know what you're talking about. we're going to speak about on Monday. Behind the bar is awesome, but we don't know where would we put the tequila one two three at our bar
0: in our like
1: when what
0: when we are to create our own drinking place how would we rank these tequilas yeah, where would this be <laughs> middle shelf like hard hard middle i i would say this tequila mm I'd have them right next to each other for one, just so everyone could see like the one, two, three in line.
1: Ooh, we can have lights on it, cause I don't know, it's kinda dark in the bar. I'm just fucking with you. I kind of agree. You gotta have them next to each other. It makes it easier also to grab for the bartender, but the affordability, the price, it's not top shelf. Tequila's weird. Tequila's so weird like that.
0: Has some it it has some weird steps between the disparities. So like, okay. So, with these, you have the uno, dos, tres. The tres being their Añejo, and then they have a fourth Di- Diablito, which is an extra Añejo. So, truly, if we wanted to collect the set, we'd have to have four bottles. All would be in line next to each other so that someone could be like, oh, I want silver, I want Reposado, I want da 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 But I would still put them as a collection, probably on a higher shelf, because of the just standard of tequila. But not
1: have. the highest shelf. That's why tequila is weird because the, the, the Cuatro would be on the top shelf next to like some whiskeys maybe. It but would like,
0: probably be next to like the Don Julio 1920. Yeah, like, like, like the Uno Dos
1: Neres, it's kind of middle shelf only because the pricing of tequila is so weird and it, it doesn't really reach up. Like the Uno Dos the rest, which I looked up, the price doesn't go above like fifty five, fifty six dollars. You know what I mean? No, it's a fairly affordable tequila. Um, keeping them together, it's still, I mean, in a bar, like it's not well, it's not bottom shelf. Anything medium and above in a bar is still not cheap.
0: Hold, on, I pulled up the description for oh, the God, here for the go. dose, um, for the dose, for the dose, the label.
1: Uh-uh.
0: <clears throat> As the sun and moon meet the sky above the agave plantation, two stealthy jaguars roam the fields in search of their elusive prey.
1: Can I get a <laughs> You used the deep, sexy voice I had to do it
0: during their silent hunts. Reposado tequila rests in white oak barrels for six months before its timely release. timely release. <clears throat>
1: Can I get a yeah?
0: I'm just saying. <laughs> Neat. <Ding. laughs> I'm just saying. You say that again. Neat. <laughs> this complex spirit reveals aromatic raw and cooked agave tempered by warmth of oak aging with spicy notes of vanilla, anise, and a hint of citrus. So basically what you're expect to taste the difference between these two is the one has a little bit more floral, a little bit fruitier, but still fairly nutty. The two supposedly a little bit more. So vanilla-y. the two is a
1: little bit of hunya. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Can I get a hey, yeah. Hey, yeah.
0: where the one is a little <laughs> bit more of like Hi <laughs> Fairly Nutty Oh no, (laughs) I need to stop. I was
1: recording you while you did that. That was hilarious. (laughs) I just have to save you doing everything funny. These are absolutely great.
0: I'm a big fan of these tequilas and I'm going to be keep talking them up until uh, everyone I know has tried them.
1: But now, listen, listen. Of course, every Monday behind the bar, we go deep on the cocktail that we made with this amazing Fucking tequila.
0: Again, this week's is a little less tequila, a little more touch me.
1: But here's the thing is that it's all about how sustainable this product is. So we're talking sustainability.
0: Sustainability.
1: I hope I'm trying to keep it tight so we don't go over it. But I have a lot of stuff to say. But this was your idea, your concept. So I'm going to let you lead us into it. And then I'm going to fucking say a lot.
0: All right. First thing we got to talk about for sustainability is... Our gardens. We both started doing gardens recently.
1: You we both did... we both started doing two types of gardens. Two
0: very different types of
1: gardens. No, Wait, technically two are the same and then one different. Because yeah. I do inside and then you do inside and then
0: and then you do outside. So first of all, I'm I'm starting a little apartment garden with a little little herbs, what little you're growing? Spices.
1: What herbs are you growing? What herbs? Herbs. Are you...
0: I got some Thai basil. Oh. I got some dill, ow, and just recently, my parsley started sprouting. oh, your parsley, my parsley is that all you're growing well not, not entirely. I also have two very big potted plants of decorative cabbage,
1: oh, decorative cabbage, yeah, only decorative cabbage, well, as far as the herbs, I'm willing i to- mean. In we're we're do- obviously recording this in Colorado, so I don't know. I don't know what's going on here.
0: I'm also growing some alternative herbs
1: in Colorado.
0: All right, I'm growing in on. Minecraft. In Minecraft, <sighs> you know, you'd think in an urban garden you wouldn't have to deal with weeds, but weeds keep sprouting it keeps up.
1: Sprouting, so how are you growing them? Are you growing them in pots in hydroponic uh type systems? So
0: what I got going is kind of like a just a little window sill shelf unit that has um what is it like entire spectrum light radiation. Or like it's it's it looks like a purple light, but it's it's full spectrum light. And that's I have a comment on that. Continue. That's what I got. My uh, Thai basil and my dill and my parsley going in. My cabbages, they are some dramatic bitches. I can tell you that much. Their names are um, Cab Sav and (laughs) Cab Franc. Um.
1: (laughs) Are they like uh, just, what kind of perfect cabbage? Or like, are they Brussels?
0: They're not Brussels. I'm honestly I'm drawing a blank on what kind of cabbage they are. Right? I they're maybe Napa. They're more of a decorative cabbage than they are an actual like heading one. But I'll I'll put them in my uh, like my fire escape in the sun, and every morning I wake up to go to water them, and they are super wilty when they hit the sun in the morning. Mm -hmm. By evening they're perked right the fuck up.
1: That's interesting because I, I know that cabbages, just the cabbage family. They tend to be pretty resilient, and um, it's been pretty warm in New York City. The, the heat has been a little uh, higher than normal, uh, somewhere in the, between a the 95 and 105 degree range. Yeah. But generally, anything under, like, like 98, like, cabbages tend to really... You t- would think t- t- they'd maintain. be resilient. What depends yeah. as long as you're watering them, no, I not water, at night.
0: I water them regularly. When do you water them? Usually around noon.
1: Are you watering them enough? Yeah. Because the problem is their soil is saturated. You gotta be really careful because they the, the heat of the sun. What I think is just the
0: time at which I usually see them is like peak of when they're getting sunlight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they they will wilt and then I'll bring it since they're in pots, I just I pull them inside like for 15 minutes, and then immediately after their rigidity comes back.
1: What are you growing in your hydroponic system?
0: Well, it's so it's not hydroponic. It's just the lighting system that I got.
1: Oh, it doesn't do the. Water. It doesn't do the full
0: water. I still okay. have to manually water everything. Okay, but that's okay. what the um, the parsley, the Thai basil, and a little bit of dill. Um, Because I love. Er- I, I want to start doing more um, different basil's and mint. And then I also have a couple cannabis plants, given that uh you know, the recreational. Marijuana was. But we're in
1: Colorado because you're not allowed to grow recreational cannabis in New York City until the first dispensary is open. So we're in Colorado right now. Yeah. Recording this, obviously. Or wait, isn't Massachusetts also recreational? We're in Massachusetts. Yeah. yeah. Massachusetts.
0: Well, in Minecraft, again. This In is... Minecraft. We're in yeah. <laughs> Minecraft, Massachusetts
1: So it's so funny because in my apartment, which is in Brooklyn, I don't have a lot of... I do have sun-facing, so I have 12 windows. But the 12 windows, only three of them get sunlight, and I, have, I don't have a place to put any kind of plants. So I have two air gardens, and the air gardens have these same full-spectrum lights that yours do, but they also have a moderate mm-hmm. hydroponic system that maintains the, the plants being watered mm-hmm. as long as you add water to the system. Right. To make sure there's water in there for it to water the plants um and it's super fun super easy they're hard to transplant outside do you think you, if you enjoyed the have growing the plants inside or i really
0: enjoy seeing the progress of it my one concern is i want to transplant these things into larger into larger pots to give their roots the optimal space to grow and develop but I don't think I can gauge well enough. Like I, I trans, I tried to transplant a couple of them too early, and they didn't take. And it was, it was kind of haunting. Like I felt responsible for the death of these plants, like my house plants that I'm trying to raise from seedlings. I'm like, damn, I killed them.
1: Why are you even growing plants? Why? Why?
0: Because we just had an entire year. <sighs> Of people threatening fucking that COVID was going to shut down the global economy. So you thought
1: that growing plants on your fucking windowsill was going to fucking help you?
0: Look, even if it didn't help me, it would at least give me some sort of leverage as far as being a useful entity in our post-apocalyptic hellscape. I figured at the very least, you know, if I'm not selling my body... I can at least sell my basil.
1: <laughs> so it's so funny because one of the arguments I used to make against like socialist economies or capitalist economies is like, who's going to grow the stuff? And like, I mean, I guess I would, but like, you know, you're fucking, you don't want grow shit. You're fucking going shit. You're fucking, <laughs> you're fucking. Well, window like, stuff. Who's
0: going to grow the stuff? The stuff will grow regardless. Like,
1: the sh- plants fucking grow because they want to. Like, they're... they're you say j- that, but I've been... So, I've been a member of a community garden. And, one, it's not been going well. And, two, the things aren't growing that easily. <laughs> wait, wait, You're a member of a community garden. How's it growing? Terrible. It's oh. not growing at all. Oh. One, community gardens, I don't know if you know this, right? Because, like, the plant shit on the windowsill, everybody does that, right? Yeah. The community garden, that's where it's really fucking at, all right? Yo. Like, that's the club for So community gardening. gardens exist a lot of times to benefit into uh about spaces in uh, the communities of people of color, to, you know, to nature in their fucking neighborhood, and to community building, all that other shit, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Well, live... according to these Kendrick Lamar songs, apparently yams are important to
1: people of color. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> 'Cause the yam is the color that B. Um So <laughs> where I live, I'm not gonna lie, where I live is fucking white as fuck. Okay, my grandfather died, I fucking got rent control, I got the apartment. The community Wait, so you gentrified the area. No, they did, because mm. the neighborhood was really shitty before, but the white people moved in and pushed out everybody that I knew. So I'm a subject of gentrification. But you're
0: you. friends with us white people. I know, right? So <laughs> So
1: <laughs> what happened is is that <laughs> The the community gardens in the area are they're far away, they're kind of expensive and they're
0: Oh, I thought like the community gardens would have got gentrified too, and now they got No they are.
1: Oh so now They're not close, but they're like not like on the block. They're like a few blocks away. Lots of, you know, like WIPO, like stuff like that. Like nobody, like no no enemies, you know. So what I did was is that I found a neighborhood close to mine and I got a plot there. And it's been the absolute fucking nightmare of my life. Real quick. The last time I was there, the fucking volunteer who's white, fucking, I, I came in there. I was talking to him calmly. He said I was being too loud. And I was like, I'm not being too loud. He was like, You need to calm down and back up. And I was like, Fuck you. You know, like You need to calm down, big dude. You need to oh fuck. I need to fucking. Like yo, it's it. No, you better cool out. You need to cool out, big dude. And I, I just fucking lost my shit. And you know, community gardens have a positive benefit, but like when it comes to sustainability, no. Real quick though, just as someone
0: who's who's seeing community gardens and gentrification, is there a difference in the type of foods? Or the type of plants that um, are grown. No, between gentrified community people gardens,
1: people still grow tomato, like tomato. Where depends on where you are. Mm-hmm. No, they, they, the main answer is no because it's, it's all, not like it's in, geography.
0: In the more c- queer communities, you see like rainbow chard or. It's
1: about geography. We're in the northeast. So, going from spring to summer, we have a lot of sun, so growing tomatoes is easy. Or, like, in like, more white community,
0: you see, like,
1: kale but, chips. But you wouldn't grow <laughs> kale. <laughs> you're a fucking, you're a bigot, okay?
0: I'm a smollett at best. <laughs> a juicy no. smollet.
1: Oh, God. <laughs> I...
0: Yo, this tequila is so you're good. You're fucking. And it's you're you're so organic. It
1: did its it it job. It's so or it's so sustainable. So when it comes, I am sustaining this buzz. When it comes to sustainability, so one, I wanted to bust out. Like we had to talk about a bunch of stuff. Like one, we got like twenty minutes left because <laughs> we've been <laughs> fucking around because we drink a lot. One, Rick and Morty season four, which you haven't seen. Wait, season Captain, four, or season five, season five, Captain season five, episode four captain planet it's a fucking captain planet reference the whole thing is like captain planet that shit is absolutely ridiculous but since you didn't fucking watch it fuck you also if you watch captain planet listen to this you're not fucking smart it's a fucking cartoon made by normal people if you get a joke that your friends don't get your friends just don't fucking watch adult swim you're not special fuck you um <laughs> wait no 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 if you get our jokes or you get Not someone else's Not us. Else, a, I said
0: adults Swim. Whatever joke that you're getting, if you're in on the joke, you're special. Feel good about laughing.
1: Now, the main issue is I, I, I kind of uh, hinted about during the At the Bar segment, which was yeah, this conversation is primarily held by businesses, right? Especially after the coronavirus, after the COVID, because in New York, as of the 16th, the state of emergency will be lifted, right? But we're headed into like this crazy weird world where a lot of things have happened and businesses were put under pressure, right? Mm -hmm. And businesses, I mean, restaurants where I worked and where you were like adjacent to, waste in restaurants, I'm not trying to say that people who own the businesses did a bad job, but I'm just saying that like, if you can't, as in, because for the first three months was the hard part in New York. If you can't maintain your business for three months, then, then you, yeah. it's like, it's, if you can't. It's def-
0: kind of a sinking ship. If, once you get on too much water, you kind of need to just abandon ship.
1: If you can't afford to pay your employees well, like what they're deserved, you
0: shouldn't be a business. Wait, if, wait. That sounds like an attack on capitalism. Well, it is. <laughs> now you expect us to pay fair wages to everyone? <laughs> what you should probably just think like, I don't know. Healthcare should be subsidized. They're universalized. They're well, are subs- should
1: be. It's almost like it's almost like after the coronavirus happened, suddenly the states were like, I, I never forgot this shit. I was in the fucking store and i was like bah, oh my god what's going to happen the fucking states got together they got all the shit together they fucking they didn't rush they utilized their knowledge from pre-existing coronaviruses like the common cold to make sure that they had appropriate vaccines and strategies in place and then they made sure that people could get it for free and it didn't destroy the economy it didn't break down the entire country I'm just saying when you talk about sustainability, but I was on fucking WordPress and I found this random fucking uh blog that talked about sustainability in regards to business mm-hmm. and they had all these different topics, and one of the main topics well i mean it's all obviously it's uh it's all business right, but one of the main ones is like renewable energy futures, another one is like evolution technology through COVID-19. Another one is sustainability of food service because a lot of businesses were put on their heels and they were like, oh, shit happened. And customers not only want us to give them services, but they expect us to do so in a way that's responsible for the planet?
0: There's a whole new level of... Consciousness that's added to just small-time business now.
1: Yes. And you you think about it, and people will say things like, oh, well, businesses want, they want to be socially conscious. Well, I mean, because people are concerned, right? Yeah. So sustainability matters. I'm about to hit this vegan shit because I got a platform now because I had an argument with my ex-girlfriend in the kitchen, not that far from where the studio is right now, in which we talked about what it meant to be and have a sustainable culture and where the future of meat eating will go, which is people aren't going to eat meat because meat eating takes up lots of land. Mm-hmm. And in reality, in Kansas, which has less people in the entire state of Kansas than they do in the, the city, school in, in the city of New York, but in the borough of Manhattan, there are more people in borough of Manhattan than there are in the state of Kansas. But when you do things that are more efficient like building
0: i don't know uh, the vertical gardens vertical or gardens like or
1: places that build to- you know make tofu and fucking tofurky and like morning star you know you can build more places and more people but technically you can do more harm
0: oh see i always figure that tofurky just came from like <laughs> turkeys that worked in finance because they don't have souls
1: to begin with they don't no, I'm of course, they, I don't believe in souls. If, they, if, if souls exist, they have them. Because <laughs> I said so. Sustainability, I think. And this is my fucking pulpit. Sustainability and veganism is fucking it. Because, you know, when I first became vegan, I just became vegan because I fucking was trying to lose weight. And then once you don't eat meat... Wait, then,
0: I always thought you became vegan to impress some women.
1: No. What happened was, is I became vegan to lose weight. And as somebody that I care about, just having to be vegan. And so I just, I was like, oh, fuck it. I'll just be vegetarian. But then after not eating meat for a while, I just like, it didn't taste good. And then I saw some documentaries. I read some books and I was like, oh, this is garbage and not sustainable because we feed more animals than there are people in america
0: shit we throw away more animals yes more often than we do people but wait should we be throwing away more people i know right <laughs> but there, there is there
1: is one thing which is that the food they eat like we we can't take carbohydrates that way it's like we, we don't eat grass we don't we don't eat corn right but the but the reason why in America, We
0: heat, grass, gas, or ass,
1: <laughs> no fucking rides for free. Nobody rides for free. All gas, no brakes. <laughs> um, we participate in. Oh, I feel so bad when it comes to sustainability. It's fucking hard because it is
0: fucking like. That was one of the other points that we had. Is there any? Is there any ethical consumption under
1: capitalism?
0: As under is, anything,
1: under anything, like just even under communism, it's you got communism, capitalism, it's, there's never any- as best as you can do because mm. the reason why. So, like, you know, ethically, I think veganism thumbs up, but like, socially, when it comes to sustainability, is it veganism? And I still think it's thumbs up, but only barely because there's a risk. Because the risk in sustainability and veganism is that since veganism is not the primary way that we consume our goods when it comes to food, it's not yet at the point where the exploitation is so dangerous. Right. The...
0: Like when we get to the point where the exploitation for harvesting soy is as bad as the exploitation for harvesting milk, is it still going to be ethically
1: sound? That's true. And that's one thing that's super dangerous because you look at the entire situation. It's like, okay, the argument I have with my ex was just like, I was like, nobody's going to eat meat. And like, no, I'm going to be generous, say 100 years. Right. Mm -hmm. One of the main reasons is because there's like people who are struggling to find a place to live. If you have a place to live, get rid of all the farmland, build a factory, process soy, boom place to live, you have a whole fucking city around it, thumbs up. But those places will produce greenhouse gases, and they'll produce negative things for the environment, and they will create... And cultivating soy still takes up space. Yes, but not as bad or as much as animals, because those are subsidized by the American government.
0: Well, I mean, we just keep giving our animals antibiotics and push yeah. them into smaller and smaller places. And, you know, it eventually works out in the wash,
1: right? I know, right? Uh, so, like, put, put that little yeah. bit aside and be like, okay, you build up more and have more space. But then that will allow for more people. And if you allow for more people, then whatever it is you're doing suddenly doesn't become sustainable at scale.
0: Right. I. That's kind of the experience I witnessed in in my little suburban town is that it was really the place I I was born and raised is a people farm more than anything. And so at one time the roads, the infrastructure, all the stuff that was around us, even the agriculture that was around us was enough to sustain the community. But as the community grows, the the land that was designated for harvest or for agriculture and all that no longer sustains the community that is withheld within the
1: uh but you also build out and building up has its benefits socially because one of the things about like cul de sacs and stuff like that is like one of the main issues when it comes to building out is that people are far away from city centers. They're far away from the things that, like, people just become like mules who, like, live in their house on Saturday and Sunday. And then Monday through Friday, they, like, drive to they their commute. job. Yeah. You know, and cities do a better job of that. But, well, so there's
0: to bring it back to sustainability, even just the. Uh, suburban spread that we've witnessed um, from urban centers is that unsustainable growth
1: it's hard because one of the things is i think companies are more aware of and i know people like ben shapiro and stuff are like well you know people that the businesses care too much they're trying to kowtow to i mean like i mean it's, but i mean let's, but
0: yes also but let's be honest Like, that perspective is total bullshit because businesses are completely dictated by the demands of the populace.
1: Which is what they want. Like, that's... That's literally... Benjamin calls himself a fucking liberal.
0: He calls himself
1: a libertarian. He calls himself someone who, like, free market.
0: You want supply to reflect demand.
1: Which is garbage. But, like, in reality... But, like, it is, though. And so more people are more concerned about the environment... Which is why the second largest uh, dairy company closed down. That's just the reality of what it is. And people are concerned about social justice and equity, people are concerned about these things. And so, the more that people are concerned about these things, what happens? Businesses reflect these things. Yeah. So, as long as we keep pressure, so in, in New Jersey, in the past week, there was a guy whose name I'm not going to fuck him. I don't give let's a call him Jersey Mike. You know, call him fucking bigoted asshole fuckface. Let's call him bigoted Benjamin. Bigoted Benjamin, bigoted Benjamin went to like I I don't know what happened is uh, there was an older black lady and I don't know what the fuck she was doing. Let's call it. her no. <laughs> Let, let's say let's say that she was being an asshole.
0: Let's okay. say that
1: she was, like, fucking a cracker. Let, let, let's say she was doing the worst thing she could do. Like, no, fuck that. Let, Wait, no, no. Let, the worst let's, thing let's she not do, do is let's not do call that. us a cracker. No, let's not say that. Let's say that she stole something. Because if you're, like, a bigot, you'd be like, oh, a black woman stole something, right? Mm-hmm. So she's older. and she Let's say she stole something. I don't know what the fuck she did. If and, I were a bigot. You know, and she okay. went back to, like, her house, right, you know? And, like, this guy was, like, harassing her. So the video shows the guy harassing the her... Mm-hmm. And like the guys who are like trying to help her and the, the the older white guy, he's like, oh, you monkey, you monkey in words, you monkey this. And the guy's like, the the guy's in his face, up pushes, pushes him, so he pushes him, he's like back up. He's like, oh, you touch me, you fucking monkey, in word, blah, blah, blah. Whenever I say monkey, just say the worst thing you could think of. I mean, don't think it, but like it was that. And so, you know, he's like harassing them. And then a cop comes, and the cop goes, oh, hey, bigoted Benjamin, because he knows him. He's like, yo, go back home. I'll talk to you later. Like, go. Like, stop doing Like, this. get the fuck out of he's this like, situation. He's like, get out of here. And let's say bigoted Benjamin's like, hey, fucking piggity porker, like, you know, like, what's up? Because he knows him also.
0: Right. You know, and the cop Wait, is, the is, is like. Is the cop, what ethnicity is the cop? Right. Okay.
1: And the cop is like, yo, bigoted Benjamin, like, bounce, like, Get out of here. Stop doing this. But he's not arresting him. He's not, like, penalizing him. Right. So, you know what happens? What happens is is that, like, the people are like, yo, he's, like, harassing us. The guy, Bigoted Benjamin's like, yo, I live at fucking 123 Bigoted Lane. There's a fucking... All of a sudden, the next day, there's a huge BLM protest that pops in front of his house. And the fucking cops have to fucking come and arrest him and stuff like that because he was fucking harassing them and threatening them. He said... He was like, oh, there's a person and fucking some state in in Jersey somewhere else who got shot but it wasn't me I mean I was at work guess where I was I was at work because that's how bigots are but when you see the amount of people that show up you realize that those people buy goods those people purchase things yeah those people buy iPads there's more of those people than people out there
0: yelling that, bigoted things that have no like Someone's got a dog in some fight, even though we shouldn't be fighting dogs. But someone's got a dog... Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Neat. Uh, Neat! (laughs) But someone's got a dog in some fight, regardless of how sustained... Or regardless of...
1: uh, Everyone's got an opinion. Everybody does. And everyone's a fucking expert. And it might seem wrong, (laughs) but like, if... Most people have the right opinion. Businesses will want to sell goods to people who have like the most right opinion. And if your right opinion is mostly support of sustainability, not just not. And sustainability is crazy because it's difficult because you say what is sustainable? Social sustainability. You know, what's
0: crazy, though, is like throughout the past, uh, let's say, four years. With, like, however many BLM protests and however many pride parades and, like, all these progressive um, demonstrations. And we've given a lot of shit to corporations for, like, bandwagoning, I think. As much as we should give them shit for just bandwagoning now when it's convenient, you kind of got to give them
1: props. But who's who's giving them for bandwagoning? Who? When was the last time you've heard somebody really complain of a bandwagoning, like that? But that's the thing; they're on the right side. No, no. But who, who? If you hear somebody going like, "Oh, the company is bandwagoning." Well, like mainly the large corporations
0: like Walmart or Target, or like companies that have histories of paying lobbyists to like advocate against certain progressive legislation and all that stuff. Like, they do that in secret, but then also, like, uh, have have their rainbow flags out in front for all of July. Like, that kind of bandwagon. But, 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 what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is that as much as they can be ridiculed for bandwagoning social justice issues you don't see too many of them aside from my pillow that are advocating for the other side
1: <laughs>
0: and i think that is indicative that progressivism is winning the battle in the long haul like as much as um people want to complain that there's a war on christmas or whatever bullshit that is christmas is still around but also Christ isn't being shoved down our throats.
1: I'm going to say that Mike Lindell, who is the owner of MyPillow, is like a POS. And, you know... He's a point of operation system? Yeah, no, right? Piece of shit. Oh. Um, The thing is, when it comes to those things, yes, those people seem to have less. And it's true. But the main reason... and, And when I think about sustainability, it's hard. Because... We live in a world that's increasingly improving in what it means to be like sustainable. So when I say improving, I mean like how we become sustainable, how we do what's best. Because sustainable before meant uh, doing this world to just like improve, like to maintain the world. But as technology improves, we need to become more conscious of that socially and economically, as well as environmentally. Well,
0: the big worry is the acknowledgement that whatever contemporary things, or even whatever things that were going on five years ago, are unsustainable. It's, we have, the biggest hurdle in sustainability is divestment from the status
1: quo. 100%. The status quo is the most danger, because businesses and employees and consumers, which are like, in some ways, consumers are the worst and businesses are the worst and all those things are the worst, but they're all way more willing to move forward. If the iPad was completely, I mean, the iPad, Apple fucking is annoying, but Apple does a good job of using recycled goods and all that shit. Like, fuck Apple, but they do a good job of trying to recycle. Like, they, the, re, the main reason people complain, like, ah, they don't give a charging block anymore is because it's a waste of plastic. People have a charging block. You don't fucking need one. True. You know, the iPad max. But Max's, you could
0: also bring up the whole, like, if their devices were more uh,
1: compatible with repairs... And that's true, kind of... but what they do is is that if it ugh, it's fucking stupid, they're fucking annoying. But if you bring it to them and you have Apple Care, even if you don't, if you pay them to repair it, they'll take your old device and they'll give you a new one, or if they have to replace something and they'll probably recycle the parts and then they'll give you the parts. But part. that's that's and a so, probably so they no, they will. One hundred percent they will. You just have to take it to to take it to them, you know. And in some ways, it benefits. In some ways, it's good. But the cost, the, the main issue is... The cost of sustainability? The cost of sustainability. But it's getting better. But people have to understand that like, consumers suck, businesses suck, all those things suck. Yes. But at the end of the day, it's becoming... Better for the Earth, but you mentioned the status quo hmm. that 's the real danger because businesses want to make money sell you money, right The iPad that I have right now, the majority of the parts are actually recycled that 's what they do now, you know, like they do as best as they can, which is not as best as it could be, but you know they recycle the best
0: they can they
1: recycle all the fucking parts, right you know. They fucking make all the things in, America, in fucking America and the AirPod Maxes I have come with like a, an overly engineered, really expensive to develop fucking piece of paper thing that fucking, but it's made of a weird paper that's like covered in wax that you can recycle so that you can throw it out with the whole box. You know what I mean? Like they do the fucking best they can because the status quo is the danger. You know what I mean? Like paying more. For an item because it has a fucking weird wax paper fucking thing that covers the headphones sucks.
0: That's going to cause people, that's going to cause more people to not want upgrade. But that's to not upgrade. true because people do.
1: They but, do buy it. Hmm? The status quo is it is more dangerous than it seems. Because when you go into a fucking supermarket, when you go to the meat section, it doesn't look as appealing or as easy to cook as the not vegan section now. They're doing a good job of that. They're fucking do am I fucking lying? No, you're not wrong. I just
0: I personally walk into a meat section. But you
1: also know you're fucking wrong. And because I, what's gonna I, fucking yeah. happen is what? Is that people who eat meat are gonna move to the meat you like, which is like fucking sustainably farmed and yeah. murdered. Like it's gonna cost
0: more. Like, I'm gonna wanna know the name of the cow that my steak is. <laughs> fucking what was from. the name?
1: Oh fuck. Portlandia. The yeah. episode
0: with the chicken. Where they're like, so where was the farm that this free range chicken grew up at did they have a fulfilling le- like
1: as but in some ways even though it sucks that is better I... for everyone including the animals for you to do like if we brought it
0: back to a point where like you can go to a restaurant and have a whole rack of lamb but you have to slit its throat
1: but hold on am i fucking wrong though like you've been like Dallas barbecue rack of lamb is disgusting in a in a fucking store
0: my mother used to no go, you have to have it fresh my mother you have to look at the lamb in the eyes
1: my in order
0: for it to be a good rack of lamb so
1: barbecue exists in New York and there is good barbecue in New York the only no there is there's only one difference between barbecue in New York that's good and everywhere else is the cost because yeah. in New York you have to go like outside of the city so they they like have to transport it in it's a whole fucking thing the barbecue is not worse but you just get like a little bit less for the cost
0: well, you know, and the culture isn't from here. Like, the barbecue culture isn't New York. Mm, like, but that, that I'm, I'm saying New York has a whole lot of culture,
1: barbecue culture, but it's came barbecue to New York it, from people who were from where barbecue is exactly. But it's just that because we're in the city, you have to come in to the city.
0: Like, I, I'm not going to deny New York has great versions. Of Texas and Carolina barbecue. No, no, no.
1: New York has great Texas and Carolina barbecue. It just costs you armor and a fucking leg. Yeah. But shouldn't it? And shouldn't it cost you that wherever the fuck you go? That's the reality. Hmm. You know, it should just cost you more. Hmm. One, the people are not getting paid enough. Sustainability is not just like environmental...
0: It's not just about the resources.
1: Environmental is the most important, of course, but well, the people, of, yeah, who who get paid. You say like, oh, people don't want to pay the extra hundred dollars to have all their stuff recycled and shit. They would if they got paid more. Word. If they just got more money. If
0: yeah, <laughs> if generally people operate it at a higher price point, then they're like we get normalized to price changes all the time. Like, this past summer, gas prices were fucking ridiculous. I still know people who were taking vacations.
1: 100%. I'm going to tell you something. You know what businesses have done? Like, Impossible, which I, I don't know. Fucking, some vegans I know are like, ah, they fucking fed Impossible to rats. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't fucking know. I'm not. my My
0: gripe with Impossible meat is how do they make it rotate on an X-axis and a (laughs) Y-axis
1: What in the same
0: flip? (laughs) Um, For those of you not aware, with skateboarding terminology, an impossible flip is...
1: Who created an impossible? Rodney Mullen. Yeah. Rodney Mullen. You could have said, like... Fucking
0: eighty percent of I know, like, everything. Flat, did everything of flat ground tricks, yeah. and it'd be
1: like, who created? It's because Rodney fucking it's, Mullen. Because it's he put his heel on the back. But I'm gonna tell you something. About Impossible, Impossible does one thing that other companies don't do. Is the cost of Impossible has been down like forty percent. Why is that? Because as the process improves, they lower the price.
0: Damn. That's a good ass business model. Nobody
1: else fucking does that. Man, if only other businesses (laughs) followed that kind of business model. Eggs went up, yo. No lie. How much is a dozen eggs? In New York City. You're in New York right now. How much is a dozen eggs? About two fifty. For like for like for not even double A, for like just grade A. Regular grade A. Regular fucking size eggs. They were about 145. Used to be a fucking dollar like 15 years ago. Okay. Not a fucking joke. Okay what happened. Wait, no.
0: Uh only $1.50 over like the, pa- the span of 15 years. That's like the least inflation.
1: I know, right? Like uh, compared to like real estate or some shit. They fucking rose the price because they had to, but they didn't raise it back. They didn't lower it. Mm. Impossible that the CEO fucking was like, we want to make more people eat vegan food. So when we can, we're trying to lower the cost of the goods. So it went from being 1299 to 11.99 to 1099 to 8.99, and I've been seeing it for 699, and as it keeps going, one pound of it is going to be the same cost as a pound of ground chuck. Mm, that's improbable. <laughs> improbable meat. Oh fuck. <laughs> oh, give me yo, put me on a fucking yeah <laughs> That's right. I need to be on a fucking board of that shit. Improbable meat. Improb- Does it have meat in it? Eh, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that shit right there. The cost, and I was in my mother's neighborhood, and we were in like stop and shop, and it was like an older Jamaican woman, and she, I was like getting some fucking, I was looking because they have stop and shop has like other vegan things, like next impossible was like fucking, she was like five ninety nine, and have other stuff, and this Jamaican woman was like behind me, and I was like, is she want to get the sausages over there, like the, the fucking pork sausages or something? so I moved away. She walked over to the, to the to the not to like the vegan meats, and she looked at him, and she looked, and she picked up one Impossible, one Beyond, and one Pantry Bowl, whatever the fucking Stop Shop's brand is, because the prices have come down so much. All and right. maybe she's concerned about her health or whatever the fuck it is. Just on a,
0: on a quick tangent, though, between the impossible and the beyond meat. Impossible
1: way better. Beyond is funky. It has, I, 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 I like it, but it has a weird smell that like my mother and my ex-girlfriend fucking hate. Having barbecued for my vegan cousins
0: with beyond meat. It, it smells funky. It smells funky, and I don't know how to fucking cook
1: it like that it cooks fine oh they changed it recently like it, it recently they you changed it you just kind
0: of keep the puck there until was like, it frozen
1: no it was from it was from uh, you smell beyond beyond is way fucking better than impossible No, I mean that's what no, i mean impossible is way better impossible yeah. way better than fucking beyond impossible is way
0: fucking better like i'll cook a beyond sausage and I'm like, 20, sausage I'm twenty minutes
1: into it, and I'm like, is this done? So Beyond Sausage is hard am I, to are know. Are we done here? Beyond Sausage is hard to know when it's done. It's just char. Beyond Burger is better to know when it's done, but it smells funky. Yeah. And no, impossible? I prefer
0: Impossible,
1: one hundred percent. And honestly, but they're both getting cheaper, and that's really what it's about. Like fucking people, consumers are gonna buy things that are better for the environment. And we have to push it so that people buy things that are better for them. It has to be better for them. Sustainable for yourself. Yeah. For the environment. And for your wallet. Well, so on
0: the last topic of this, of sustainability.
1: Oh, you sobered up a little bit. Okay.
0: We've talked about.
1: I'm going to drink some more tequila. You, you get sober. I'm going to drink some more tequila.
0: Talked about the, uh, the implications of ecological sustainability of social sustain, susta- I'm gonna give
1: you some more tequila. Oh, there we go.
0: I'm trying to sustain this buzz. Um, the last thing I want to talk about in regards to the more social aspect of sustainability <laughs> is I have a, a
1: sustain your ears long episode. Let's go.
0: Um, I started a new job recently. It has pretty long hours on the occasion. I know. I miss you. And I'm a little worried about the sustainability of this work life balance. I'm kinda worried that I might get burnt out. I
1: can I tell you something. I've been worried about you. Cause one, it's the hours are kinda long. The hours are kinda late. And it's not sustainable. And when I worked the same hours, it like fucked my whole life up. Not because but I mean, part of it was me. But it's hard to work so late and so long.
0: It's not the lateness that gets me, it's the the turnaround, I think. And it's the having to do the multiple late nights.
1: Wow, so what you you, you don't succession. miss me. That's what I'm hearing. Okay. Well, no, because
0: regardless of what I'm doing, I'm still going to make time for you. Can I get a Yeah. yes daddy. <laughs> I like how in any other situation that would be like a aww, but but no, it's just the yeah. Oof. There you go. There you go. No, but like in and especially in our post-COVID era, where we as a, a social collective have experienced what it's like to not have to work. F-
1: But also, it's weird. You have to go to a fucking place where, like, people... I don't fucking... I don't like it, actually. I think that your job... No. Fuck. I'm about to work at a fucking gaming cafe in, like, Sunset Park, but, like, I hate it. The idea of, like, going to a place where people go and, like, socialize is unsafe, expensive, and dumb. It it really is. You can buy the same goods in your house. You can watch the people perform the things on the internet and you could fucking give them money directly as feedback. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't know what we're fucking doing going forward. And I don't know how it's sustainable. What's sustainable? You fucking having to go to work from like five to fucking three in the morning or some shit like that. Or fucking, I don't know. Like your job could exist, but you can moderate a chat room and you can get like fucking tips. And and it could be completely
0: automated. Yes. Like if you really thought about it, the amount of employees that they have could be automated. That with, the, with the automation that came through during COVID as well, it really has me wondering if the service sector that America has kind of based its whole economy on, because we're no longer the industrial...
1: I'm about to be that person.
0: The service person or but the automated person? It shouldn't person? be mon-
1: automated, you know what? No, it should Because be. Marx talked about that. Because the entire purpose of automation is so that the fucking people don't have to fucking work the menial jobs. You should get money and you should be able to live. You should be able to do what the fuck you want. And you should be able to participate. What,
0: Regardless. If you were to think of a utopia, would, like in, in the most sci-fi sense of a utopia... Would anyone really have to work?
1: In fucking uh Babylon's Ashes and Abaddon's Gate and Nemesis Games, the fucking books that based on, that inspired the uh expanse, which is Netflix's show, it's fucking not uh it's not the best thing on earth, but what happens is is that everybody on Earth lives pretty good and when you hit like eighteen, you're given a choice of like, I don't know, you can work get a certain amount of hours that you can go to school if you want. And then you can like get a real job and make extra money or you cannot not do it. And then you could just live good, but not great. Can and, you
0: live Moss? Taco
1: you, Bell. You, you could live ma, Meh. but not, but it's not bad. And I think that people misunderstand like socialism, socialism, oh, socialism doesn't mean like you just fucking live like a king. It means that you have food and a place to live. Uh,
0: socialism means there
1: are no kings. Word. It just means that you're good. Maybe slightly better than, like, the poorest person is. Like, maybe way more than slightly better than the, person, the poorest person is now. Like, you might still have a microwave and a TV, but, like, you don't have an iPhone. You know what I mean? Like, fuck. You'll have, like, maybe a new Razor. You'll still have the internet. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like
0: You'll have a fridge, a roof, internet, and probably something to jack off to.
1: Word. Like, I that's literally all it has to fucking be. It makes no sense that you have to do that fucking job, which is why I'm so interested and so excited about doing this thing because I want to create for me and for you a place where we can do something that we like, where we don't have to do a thing that we don't and where we could continue to put forth this positivity and the, and also give a platform for others because us doing this and getting good at it allows us to give a platform and money to other people so yeah. that they can also do. Well, Which is why...
0: You do what you love. You never work a day in your life. And you know, that seems ridiculous. But in a way, people are like, ah,
1: it seems... Like, but that's on, also...
0: On one hand, it seems like a way to trick people into just working their entire lives. But you
1: can, though. But you can really... Do well, what you love.
0: That's one narrative. Yes. And but I and kind of. The other narrative. I mean. In the, live, do... in the world we
1: live. In the world we live. Yeah. That's the true narrative. But like. It should be the real narrative. Right. Do what you want. Be able to support and work with other people. Which is what I want to do. I literally only exist. It, my weakness. My fucking weakness. Is that I want to do for people. So that they can be the best. Well. I mean. That's my fucking weakness.
0: That and di ice cream sandwiches. Ah, I love, to,
1: love Tofutti ice cream sandwiches. Ding! Those, those your... Oh, I didn't mean to do that, but I love it. <laughs> your two, two weaknesses
0: <laughs> wanting to help people in this world
1: and ice cream sandwiches. I love it. And here's the thing, is that the way we do that is by what? By creating this. And under capitalism, under the world we live in, is by getting feedback. That's how we do
0: it. We have to know what our consumers want so that we can more sustainably source that content.
1: So, you know how you do that, right? You
0: like. subscribe, you comment. Ooh, so you all subscribe. those
1: things. I'm going to tell you something. It seems like a joke, and it seems ridiculous, but if you give any feedback, it is without exaggeration the best thing that could happen for us because you shouldn't have to live in poverty. And we're not making anything from this. We should be able to be – like, the dream – I'm not fucking joking. The dream is for us to make money from this so you can make money from this. If you're a listener from this, like, you also, like, should just fucking make money. I don't know. I
0: I would love if we were in a position where we could give each of our listeners – a universal subsidizing income.
1: No, no lie. One of the things that's so funny is that, like, you, you think it's a joke, but, like, obviously, you can't give every listener. But the main goal is to give money so that when people write on Twitter or something, like, oh, I'm struggling with this. I'm starving. I'm hungry. No one who listens to me should be hungry. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll feed any fucking body. But, unfortunately, I gotta feed myself first. So, what I suggest you do is one of two things. One, you can like on Spotify, on Podcatcher, Stitcher. on Stitcher. You can comment on iTunes, or you can do what? You can shoot us an email at was that in good taste at gmail.com. All those are free. All of those are free. They take a little bit of your labor, which Obviously isn't free, but whatever. I know where we live in is fucking free. Suck it up. And that will do for us the fucking best. And you can always reach out to us personally. Chandler at... Uh,
0: was C underscore underscore honey at Instagram. Um, You know, just share the love. It's what makes a Subaru a Subaru.
1: <laughs> and of course, you can reach out to me at... That fun... Uh, whoa. <laughs> the worst. Whoa. What funny friend on Twitter, on Art of Giving Up, on Instagram.com, and remember, like, seriously, fucking keep that shit fucking sustainable because you got to make money in order to do what we do. And, you make know... That munty, make hunty. that money hunty. Make that because drinking is not required but poverty
0: is recommended.
1: It's just oh, right. Oh. I mean, it's just what it is.
0: <laughs> it's what it
1: is. Oh wait, we before we end, we have a little bit oh. of liquor. Clink. Drink. Wait, wait, wait. Think about this. Yeah. We drink. We do this podcast. We probably would drink less if we didn't have to fucking work ourselves and stress about all the things we have to fucking do.
0: Is this drinking sustainable?
1: we're about to see.
0: We got to keep these liquor stores open somehow.
1: We're supporting small businesses. Bingo.